1: Like, really, really hungry. I don't know if, we've, if anyone really, um, we're pretty blessed in Australia, knows what, what starvation is, but I think we all understand what hungry looks like. Um, the most recent science, uh, research that's come out says that the average person can live between 8 and 21 days without food, unless you're a teenager. About two hours seems to be the limit from personal experience. Uh, Today we continue our series on the Beatitudes. And and the Beatitude we're looking at is, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And so today as we open up Scripture, I wonder if there's something that you long to see, like, like a hunger that gnaws away that you can't ignore. Is there something that you hunger for in this world? And I love what Andrea just prayed. You pretty much prayed one of my points. um, Is today we, um, we come as we are so God can make us who we're created to be. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as we open up scripture, I pray that you would help us to see that even in our areas of weakness, our areas of vulnerability, in sometimes our pain and our suffering, that through the Beatitudes we come to a realization that in the state that you find us, you welcome us, you love us, you accept us. Lord, I pray this morning that we would be able to see a glimpse of just how much you love us as we are. So that you may be able to invite us on the journey of where you would like us to go down the track. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, as we look at this message today, I think it's, it's really important that we, we continue to reset the framework around the Beatitudes. Um, for, for a long time, as Andrea's uh, really done an exceptional job the last couple of weeks, painting this picture of how quite often we see the Beatitudes as a to-do list. Blessed are the, the meek. Oh, I need to work out what meek is, and then I need to do it in order to be blessed. Like, no, actually... That's not the context. We need to realize that that the Beatitudes are written at the start of a message, the start of a a bigger picture where where Jesus takes people where they are at and takes them on the journey. And so to, to help us understand this, I think we've got to just revisit some foundations of faith because it sort of reinforces the idea that we've been journeying through the last couple of weeks. So firstly, can you work your way into heaven? Is there anything that you can do as a person to earn your way to heaven? No. No, no. Like, we want to serve God, for those that are Christians. We love God, and so we serve him, but there is nothing that we can actually do to go to heaven. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 Sarah, it says that it is by grace that you have been saved. Through him, and it's not for for yourselves, but it's a gift from God. By grace, grace is something that you haven't earned and you don't deserve. Something that that somebody in authority and power has handed down. Grace. We have been saved, you and I. It's it's not something that we've been been working towards. It's a gift. A gift is something that is given without any sense of wanting something back in return. It's a gift that's been given. So, so we understand that, that, firstly, there is no way that we can work our way into heaven. It has been a gift. Now, for each and every one of us, we'd like to think we live pretty good lives, and I think we do. We've got some amazing people within our church, just extraordinary. But sadly... When you compare yourself, even the best person in the world, Mother Teresa's, all these incredible people of faith, Billy Graham, when you compare him next to God, it doesn't stack up. For all have fallen short of the glory of God, each and every one of us. Uh, in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, for all, have sins and, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Each and every one of us have fallen short. We can't earn our way into heaven Therefore, there is a gift that God gives through his Son. And so, this idea of doing things to earn our way into heaven doesn't stack up. It's a gift, it's a grace, it's something that's given from God to us. Now, this goes totally against what the world says. The world says, You are great the way you are, you can do anything, you are amazing. It's okay because this is you. And the Bible says, actually, you're not enough. You've messed up. You're broken. And the Beatitudes say, that's okay. Because you are still loved. You are still cherished. You still uh, have, have possibilities. Because God has a plan for you. The Creator has a plan for you. And there's a beauty in that, that we don't see in the world. And so to dive into um, our passage today, we, we, we need to understand a little bit of the idea of when we're looking at the Beatitudes, we've got to continually fight what the world has programmed us to think. The world keeps programming us that, hey, go and get some stuff. You know, fill the void in your life with things, with, different, you know, with, with experiences, with relationships. And the Bible says, no, 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 all you really need is Jesus. It's this idea of the upside-down kingdom of, you, know, you can try and do things yourself, but it's never going to stack up. That's the beauty of Christianity, is that all you need was given to you through the person of Jesus Christ through his life, his example of how to live, through his death on the cross that covered our sins and his resurrection, which gives us hope for the future and a relationship with him in the here and now. We can try and do things on our own. It's not going to be enough. But when we do things with Christ, with him who strengthens us, all things are possible. Upside-down kingdom. Let's dive in to our passage today. We read in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are those. Blessed are those. What's the, what's the word? Hakuna metata. Me, me, me. Makaria. Makarios. I had Mecano in my head for a bit there too. Makarios, blessed, welcome, accepted, happy. Makarios, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. I think we get hunger and thirst. I think we understand what it is to to have gone a period of time where all of a sudden food just tastes so good that you really don't taste it at all because you just scoff it down. You're You're hungry. And I think we understand what it is to be thirsty. You you forgot to drink your water to grab a water bottle or you get caught out in a in a long day outside or something, and, and all of a sudden flavors are enhanced because you you're just so parched, you're so thirsty that you try and drink a sweet drink and it's too sweet, you're just longing for water because you're thirsty. I think we understand that. But this idea of righteousness, we probably need to pull apart a little bit more. Because in pulling it apart, we need to get the context for this. We've spoken about righteousness this year. And the idea of righteousness, the righteousness of God, is that that what God says is right. When he says something, it's right. When when God makes a judgment, it's correct. And when God promises something, it's trustworthy. It'll take place. So what he says is right. Right. His judgments are correct, and his promises are true. What he said would happen, did happen, and what he says will happen, will happen. And that's the, this righteousness of God. But when we, we go into Scripture, we see some other things start to play out a little bit. For example, if, if we, we understand this term of righteousness, this right living, we, we might need to look at a passage maybe from, from Romans for it says, for in the gospel of righteousness, the gospel meaning good news, the good news of righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last, by faith from first to last. God is the I am who I am, the, the beginning and the end, the alpha and omega, the, the, from time to time. So from beginning to end, we, we see the righteousness by faith, Just as it is written, the righteousness will live by faith. So we're meant to live in right relationship as God has shown us how to live from beginning to end. For in the good news of God, we are meant to live a certain way. We're meant to see the example and live under God from beginning to end as we live by faith. In 1 John chapter two verse nine, it says, "If you know that He is righteous, you will know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him." So if God's ways of living are correct, if God says, "This is how I want you to live, this is how I want your relationships to be, your, your relationship with me first, but also your relationship with your brothers and sisters and your relationship even with the world around you, with the environment in which you live, but also your relationship with yourself. The world says, you are great, you are enough. And the scripture says, no, you're not. But it's okay, you're still loved. But Jesus is enough. And he loves you, and with him, you're good. It's the missing piece. So you see this, this right relationship with self, this right relationship with those around us, how we're meant to treat one another, this right relationship with the, the world in which we live. We're not just, just leaving mess everywhere. You know, and this is, you know, once again, we have got teenagers and you should see their bedrooms. You know, we're talking about just, just, just looking after, what, being good stewards of what we've been given and what we've been blessed with. We see that this idea of if we live right, then we're honouring God, we've come from God and people can actually see something in us when when we put God first in the way that we live through our relationships. So this idea of righteousness could probably be summarised into sort of right living. But where does that come from? Well, it comes from God, who what he says is correct, whose judgments are true and whose promises are trustworthy. And so if we live under his promise, we're good. If we live under his judgment, what he says to do, we're good. When God says something, we, we can trust that, and it's right. And that's how we're meant to live. So what, is the, what does this passage look like? If we understand what righteousness means, then, is, is what's this hunger and thirst mean? Well, the hunger and thirst means this. It's people that can see the brokenness of God's plan. In the world, they can see the brokenness of relationship. These are people that are, and remember, we're looking at this Matthew chapter four passage first because it says the audience that Jesus is speaking to. These are the those that are sick, those that are that are outcast, those that are on the, the fringes of the world, those that are. That have that have been put down, those that are demon-possessed, those that are that are poor, those that are this is sort of the the group of people that are treated differently because of how they were born. They were treated differently because of their family lineage. They were treated differently because of socioeconomic factors. They were treated differently. And so Jesus looks at them to, to that person that 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 has been thrown out by their family because they have a skin disease and says you hunger and thirst for a relationship to be restored for a relationship that aligns with god's relationship for us and for others and you hunger and thirst like a hunger and just won't let up like if you're hungry you're hungry yeah, and, and if you're like me, my stomach starts making noises to remind me that I'm hungry. And these are people that are hungering and thirsting for right relationships. People that are hungry and thirsting for, for a right relationship mentally. A right relationship with themselves as they, they look at themselves and they're not happy with what they see in the mirror. A relationship with people around them. They see the dysfunction within the family or dysfunction within social groups, dysfunction within workplace, dysfunction with friendships. And they see it and they go, that's not the way it's meant to be. And I can't let it go. Those that, that see someone, a neighbor, a friend, a colleague, and you know they need Jesus, but you can see the relationship between them and God is so far separated that it just makes your stomach churn because you know the answer. You know that they are loved in their current state. You know that they, they can, if they could just find Jesus, they would find hope and, pers- and purpose. And it just chews you up because you can see what is broken. And Jesus looks at the people that can see the brokenness within this world, within the relationships, and says, You are welcome. I see you. I love you. Thank you. You are blessed. Makarios. So, what can we do about this as a church? Because some of us may not be able to see this. Some of us may look at the world and go, oh yeah, what can I do? Oh, it's not that bad, is it? And it may be that in your sphere, in your world, you are blessed in a different way because you have great relationships You have a great relationship with God. You have a great relationship with your family. You have a great relationship with with yourself because you've been born born again and you understand that. And if that's you, that's awesome. There's no judgment. That's, That's a great place to be. That's actually where we'd all like to be. But Jesus is coming to those that can see the brokenness. He says, I see you and I love you and you are welcome. So what can we do as a church? Well, first, when it comes to a church, we need to practice clean eating when it comes to being hungry and thirsty. Clean eating is important. I love bakeries. I I am confession time. Like, I am bad when it comes to bakeries. When when I grew up, bakeries had sort of your, your hot food and your cold food. And your hot food had three selections. You had... You'd probably work with me on this one. It had your pie. what was the second one? It was a pasty or a sausage roll. and that was it. wasn't. It? That, was all you, that was the selection. pie, pasty sausage roll. and you know, when I was in you know, high school, you'd get one of each,, you know, balanced diet. And then, and then you'd have your vanilla slice. You know, and there wasn't maybe a, maybe an apple turnover or something, and vanilla slice. And that was sort of it. You had sort of a selection of five things. And that was your, maybe a donut, maybe six. And that was your bakery. That was it. Nowadays, there's all sorts of whole selection of pies. There's about half a dozen different pies. And, but then they've got these cream buns. Oh, oh. Like, it's an act of worship. You know, Tuesday week, we've got a worship night. Like, add cream buns, the ultimate worship experience. Like, I, I just, I love bakeries. And now more recently, bakeries have tried to diversify a little bit more and they'll have like a salad roll. <laughs> and I guess they sell them because they keep making them. Or maybe it's just to make you feel good about, oh, there's salad there. And then you go and get this. stuff. But, but I love it. I, I, I really struggle to walk past a bakery. Now, I know that a pie and a cream bun is not nutritionally healthy. It tastes amazing. It really does. But, but what my body needs is, is you know, and, and current research has probably shown that what my grandparents ate is probably the best. Um, meat and veg. Lots of veggies, a bit of meat, the odd other thing, maybe a little bit of bread and rice pasta, but mostly meat and veggies is, is the healthiest option. And they've done all sorts of different cycles of the, the health pyramid thing sort of being rotated a few different times. But, but that's what is the healthiest. And, and we know that the clean eating, eating proper food is good for us because it gives our body the nourishment it needs to function the way God designed it to function. But bakeries are awesome. And, and I, I still have an internal struggle every time I'm down the street and I'm looking for something to eat and I see a bakery. Isn't that the same when we see brokenness within the world? And we see a broken relationship with, between people and stuff, when you go, man, what's the fix to that? Maybe I need to justify my point of view. Maybe that's the fix. Or, or maybe I need to win an argument. Or, or maybe I need to just just not have anything to do with that person. Or, or maybe I need to... Maybe I need to and, and sometimes we can try to fix the problem ourselves rather than allowing God to guide us. So sometimes we can start to go for, for the junk fixes in this world and we see people chasing relationships. We see what's happening in the, in the area of sex within our world when people are trying to find fulfillment, knowing that God's design for man and woman to come together to be unified is a beautiful thing. And you see, when you don't live outside of that, it's like, it's just junk compared to God's design. And yes, we live in a broken world, but but we've got to practice this idea of clean eating, this this way that God has called us to live. It, it, It sort of sits like this, and Rick Warren put it really well where he said, when it actually comes to God's design on how to live, firstly, it's, it's the only way to live. It's the only way to live, to live God's way. Because secondly, it's the only way to heaven. And, and his, his points come from a passage found in Proverbs, chapter 12, verse 28. It says, in the way of righteousness there is life. Along that path is immortality. The way of righteousness, living in God's design, there is life. If you want life, like a good life, live the way God wants us to live. That's the path to eternity. That's the path to, to heaven. But so often we try and make our own path and we see the world trying all sorts of different things and it doesn't doesn't work you see if you're hungering and thirsting to see the world restored to the way it should be Jesus sees you and says i love you and you're welcome don't settle for the world's version don't settle for junk food don't just exist live, live. And God says, when, when you can see what's broken, at that starting point, you are blessed. The second thing we need to understand when it comes to hungering and thirsting is that when it comes to this, we, we've got to plug into mains pressure. We've got to have some clean eating and we've got to plug into mains pressure. Now, um. My dad was away a lot when I was growing up. He was driving the truck, so it was my grandpa that showed me how to fix things around the house. Um, and my grandpa was a, a World War II veteran and came from, the, lived through the Great Depression. And so, his sort of motto for fixing things was, "Use what you've got and make it work." You know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> use use what you've got and make it work. And so, around our home, Yvette has what she calls Walter (laughs) fixes. It's when you use what you got and you make it work. It's often not pretty, or it'll have a plant sitting in front of it, (laughs) but it works, because I used what we got. And there was this time when our our tat wasn't working properly, and and it had a leak somewhere, and so I put one of those new cords on it, and was like... It was one of those bendy cords for the the kitchen sink, and it it sort of has a a metal braid over it. But this one, let's just, for the sake of the story, say that it was already kinked when it came out of the box. We're going with that. And and when we plugged it in, it, it wouldn't allow full pressure. And you would turn the sink on, and then you'd go and make dinner and put the kids to bed and come back and turn the sink off, and it was almost full, ready to do the dishes. It, was, it just took so long to fill the sink that it was a thing. It was an event. You would have to pre-plan to do the dishes because there was no pressure in, in the water that was there. And so the day came when I was careful to make sure that the new cord didn't come out of the box kinked, and we put it on, and... I should have paid more attention because there was a cup in the sink and when I hit mains pressure, the cup did what the cup did and the water came in and out and I remember just stepping back from the sink, totally covered in water going, well, it works. <laughs> mains pressure. Wow, we didn't know ourselves. You can fill the sink really quick. You can actually stand there while the sink fills up. That's, that's new. But when it comes to, to, to those that hunger and thirst... For, for righteousness, I want you to know that, that when you see things that are broken in the world, you are seeing things through the eyes of God, your creator. Because he longs to see relationships restored in the world. He longs to see people brought back into relationship with him, relationship with self, relationship with others, relationship when he, when he called Adam and Eve to steward the world. We're supposed to, to care for the things around us as well. And when our heart breaks for those things, when we see the things are not the way they're meant to be, we're actually seeing things the way that God sees them. We're plugged in to mains pressure. What I love about this passage is so many of the people that were following Jesus didn't even know what the good news was. Jesus starts the message and says, you are actually plugged in. You are created in a way that you are plugged in with your creator. And your heart longs to see things restored. Main's pressure. We want to be a church that that has clean eating. We don't want to settle for the the options that the world has. We want to be a church that's plugged into Main's pressure. And thirdly, this is my favorite one. We want to be a church that has stretchy pants. Hunger and thirst. I was trying to think of words to go with hunger and thirst. Now, I remember when I was sort of in that, that early 20s phase and, you know, with a few, few of my mates, we'd walk into one of those all-you-could-eat you know, all restaurants, you know, and you'd walk in going, man, you guys are about to make a financial loss tonight. <laughs> you know? Like, the, the, I, I kind of feel sorry for you, but you did say all you can eat. And so we had this thing where um, we wouldn't let anyone collect our plates because we wanted to see how high we could get the stack on the table. Now I got to say I'm at an age now where I feel like I'm investing back more into the economy, in in that space than what I once did. But you know, when you when you knew you were going out for a big meal, like you didn't wear your really tight fitting pants, did you? you? You'd you'd make sure oh, it's a little bit of room. Yeah, you might even wear the ones that are a bit stretchy. You're halfway through, you're trying to do that subtle little thing where you're trying to loosen your belt a notch, but not let people know that you're loosening your belt a notch. Yeah. Stretchy pants. What's this idea about stretchy pants? Once again, remember that Jesus is speaking to those that don't know, that don't know the good news yet. All they know is there is a hunger and a dysfunction around them that is causing them pain and discomfort. And Jesus looks at him and says you are blessed because you can see things the way that God sees them and you will be filled. If you can see the broken relationship between two people and your, your, your stomach and your heart is churning for that, how much more will your stomach and your heart be filled when you see restoration? Now that restoration isn't promised on this earth. You may see it. But if you're that in tune with God, imagine the feeling. Imagine what it would be like when you see somebody, when you see that friend come to relationship with God, when you see that that reconciliation of a relationship that was broken between two people, when when you see yourself the way that God sees you for the first time. Imagine the feeling. Talk about stretchy pants. Like like nothing compares. Nothing can compare to what God has planned for us. But where this message begins and the audience that Jesus is saying to is that if you're in that place of hunger, I see you. I love you. And you are welcome. Now, I want to add a little challenge to us as a church because for many of us, we see that. We see the brokenness. We, we see the way that God wants us to be in the kingdom, but we also see the dysfunction. And we long to see things restored, but, but there's some that, that aren't there. There's some within the church that maybe actually aren't doing the clean eating thing and actually uh maybe leaning more towards the world's world side of living than God's side. Justifying. And I just want to offer a little challenge to you. Are your relationships or the way that you are living drawing you closer to God or further away? When you finish watching that TV show, are you closer to God or further away? When you hang out with that group of friends, are you closer to God or further away? When you do that Whatever that thing is that you do for your hobby or your recreation, does it draw you closer to God or further away? Now, I want to separate that out. This is not the works. This is just your relationship, discipleship with God because this message is actually about a state of being. A state of being where you can see what's broken. That last little bit is just maybe drawing closer so you can see some of the things the way that God sees them. We want to be a church that values clean eating, that's plugged in the mains pressure, and that has stretchy pants. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we know that you have an incredible plan for this world. We know that you created us and you created a way for us to live that is in harmony with our environment, in harmony with you, in harmony with one another, and in harmony with self. But God, so many of us have experienced the effects of the brokenness in this world, the brokenness within the environment, the brokenness within relationships with one another. Some of us have been living in a brokenness with our relationship with you or relationship with self. And Lord, we thank you that through Scripture that you acknowledge that pain, you acknowledge that hurt, and that you say to those that are living in in the understanding of the brokenness that we are loved, that we are seen, that we are accepted, that we are blessed, that we are welcome. God, I pray that in this state of being at the start of the journey, that we would be able to pause and realize that even in the state of pain, the creator of the universe loves us. Lord, I pray that those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, Lord, would be so filled, as scripture says, That one day they would see the other side. The fillingness of things being done the way that you've called them to be. Relationships restored. And the world made whole through you. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: If you would like prayer or to find our sermon-based studies, please head to our website or check the description below for a link. If you enjoyed the video, feel free to share the video, like, subscribe, and hit the bell icon for updates of when we release new videos. Remember, life can be tough, so let's do it together.